everyone and welcome to the planet Arrakis or Dune for this episode of Zygnus. You got me, Duke Zinger. I am also accompanied by Lady Ellie, my concubine. And we also have our mentat, Berg. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so true. So couch. true. <laughs> we also have our mentat, Berg. And say Woo! hi now. Uh, wow. and, and of course, we cannot forget our Duncan Rude for either of you, whoever wants to pick that. Nope, wait, nope, actually, that was for Austin. Duncan Rude for Austin Rude is joining us. I'll be Duncan. And Gurney Rude for Gurney Halleck for Phil Rude because Phil does play music, so that fits better. Yes. I. Oh man, Austin is Duncan. I totally call. I actually, while watching the movie today, I said you and I should go as Duncan and Paul for Halloween next year, <laughs> uh, but but switched, reversed because uh, it'd be funny to have it, the smaller Duncan and the larger Paul. Well, well, I look exactly like Duncan. You are the same build. Pretty ripped. It's, yes, it's uncanny. <laughs> It's great that this is an audio medium, so you don't know what's true and what's not. Anyways, thank you everybody for joining us for this Dune episode. Uh, Some people I know are excited to talk about this. Some people slept through most of it, and other people saw it. So I don't know how that narrows people down, but um, I guess let's get started with... um, You know what? I'm going to ask this as the first question. So So I sent, of course, the list of Zygnus normal blah 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 questions but um how many here have read at least the first book i know there's like 20 books in the series but at least the first book gonna go around and starting with lady ellie no very good concubine yep just over here popping out babies nice (laughs) (laughs) phil what about you uh, I started listening to a bootleg of the audiobook on YouTube before it got yanked. So I only got a couple hours into it and have not followed up on it. So uh, basically browsed it, but no, no, I have not read it. All right. Austin, what about you, sir? I happen to own the book, but have not made it past chapter one. Uh after watching the movie, I'm I'm going back and I'm reading up until the movie ends, and I'm not spoiling for part two, which I hope to go see. All right, awesome. And um, Berg, what about you? I have not read the book, nor have I seen. No, I think I, we were talking about this last week. I did. I I think I probably piecemeal seen the original movie, and I get it always mixed up with Trimmers. So we've been that's about this. my extent. <laughs> <laughs> they both have giant worms. Exactly. I like, oh, it's a giant like worm. <laughs> they're in outer space, and then they're like out here in like the, in, in the western United States. Either whatever. That is fan. I would love it if somebody wanted to watch Tremors and they accidentally watched Dune, uh, David Lynch's Dune instead. Got really confused about you know three fourths of the way through it on how how, how they watched it at that point and not gotten it wasn't Tremors. Um, I struggled for the better half of way too long to get into the book because the book is what did I tell you Eric when I was talking about it 
The, I can't the, remember, but it was the, very long. <laughs> the, the deserts on Dune aren't the only dry thing in this book. Like, the beginning of the book is so, so boring. So boring. But it picks up later on. I will say that. So, Austin, keep going. It picks up at some point. I, I hope so. This, this is like Lord of the Rings where it's like the author just goes on okay. and on about sand, about trees. It's like, okay, the, the please. Just, just, yeah. <laughs> it's, well, it, it's one of those things that later you appreciate it because it's like, oh, cool. There's a lot of world building that he needed to do. But during it, you're like, this is the most boring thing I have ever read. On that note, let's transition now to... I guess everyone's first... You know what? I'm going to take the band-aid off now because I know we're probably going to get through it. I know we're waiting to the end of what you recommend this year or nay. So we're going to rip the band-aid off now. Eric, I'm going like, to let you step to the plate first. <laughs> Is this something you would recommend to watch? Yay or nay? I mean, from my personal... I'm going to go with nay. Not to say that there weren't some redeeming things or if you might be... If you're, into, if you're a fan of the book, you probably will love it, but... For me personally, is an A. All right, Ellie. One hundred percent, yay. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, Ellie. Yes. Really, yes. I did not get that impression from the vague times I sat on the couch, watched pieces of it, looked back, you going, hmm, hmm, and you just stared at me like, get out. Yes, it's my poker face. <laughs> my po 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 poker face. Don't don't think too much more. It will be copyright. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So what about the rudes? I can use that as a plural now. Awesome. That's right. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and say, Ellie, I forgive you for praising every sci-fi original movie that I've ever heard you uh, <laughs> yes. praises of. Uh, because I am I am also Team Yay on this. This is a big thumbs up for me. Yep. All right. All right. And Austin, what about you, sir? I, I definitely enjoyed this movie, but I wouldn't recommend it as a blanket statement to everyone. I, I think you have to really like, I think the genre here is fantasy. I think fantasy fans would like this movie. All right. All right. I, I like that because I, I have kind of a side note. I, I would, by the way, I would recommend this, but I feel if you've read the books... This is a nice addition because I don't believe the movie explains enough. But if you've read the books, you get what it, you you get certain things. You you get more out of it. Which I know that's weird to be like, up oh, you gotta read the books to like this movie. But I feel like this is a movie where that is justified in that statement. Clearly not because I haven't read well, the book we will and see, I love it. We will see mm-hmm. momentarily. I, w- I would actually. I most of the complaints I've. Uh, seen on Twitter and stuff about this movie have been from people who read the books and it's that classic thing of just you can't separate the, the book adaptation. from the film Ju- yeah yeah judging the adaptation more than judging the film on its own right and and so the uh, the comparison I think has actually kind of uh, dragged this movie a little bit so um, for me I, I enjoyed going in uh, pretty blank and not you know, not having any expectations, really. All right. So before we get into our top three moments, um, as we now do on Zingness, we we go to look at how fresh this tomato is. Whether we should make a, I was about to say tomato pie, but who would ever do that? Make a make a Ooh. nice spaghetti with this. <laughs> so, 
So, um, so the spaghetti meter on this is an eighty-three percent of the time of the recording for, um, for the, um, sorry. For the had review. a little bit too much spice, have we? Yes, I have had a little bit too much spice. That will come up later, by the way. Oh, um, okay. 83%, so a certified fresh tomato for our spaghetti and an audience rating of 90%. Nice. So impressive for the tomatoes. Um, Eric, I'm going to start with you. Is that an earned? Do you believe that's earned? As the one curmudgeon on this episode, that is not true. <laughs> wow, who saw that coming? <laughs> Uh, I I think it's a little high. I'm not going to say it needs to be rotten by any means, but I feel like that's I. I so I mean, you know, be, being being like in the low 80s, looking at it from a totally you know an unbiased standpoint, I think that's fair enough. All right, uh, I'm I'm checking for a comparison real quick. And where is the Eternals lying on here right now? I'm sure lower. <laughs> Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife 73, not certified fresh. Why am I not finding it? This is great podcast stuff, by the way. <laughs> Zanger searches Rotten Tomatoes. All right, how's it still not popping up? It is so low they won't rate it. <laughs> wow. So, um, so, so one, so one of the articles is um, Eternal holds off a big red dog. Wow. Okay. So I guess there's a thing. <laughs> All right. Let's actually see what this um, what this thing is. Eternal. Whoa. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Uh, 47% on a tomato meter, 80% rotten, I mean, uh, audience score, so, wow. Big difference. <laughs> Big difference. Wow, it, went, it, went, it went way down compared to, um, it went way down from what I, when I last saw what that was, but again, I haven't seen it, so, mm. I yeah, anyway, so, interesting. I don't think anyone here has. Um, no. uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, on that note, turning over to our top three moments... Who would like to go first? Special guest, Austin Rude. I say you should step up to the plate since you've probably seen this the most out of any of us. That is correct. I've seen it three times. Do you want all three top moments at once? All three top moments. If we do this, everyone goes one, everyone goes two, everyone goes three. It's going to take forever and I'll get confused, disoriented, and then get hooked on spice again. Sounds good. <laughs> uh... I would say my number one moment in this movie is Paul's first kill. Uh, it, it comes a little late in the movie, but the I, I think that scene really is like a really cool scene. Uh, second uh, favorite moment would be the siege of the city. Mm. And then the third would be, uh, I love when the sandworm uh, swallows. What's the guide's name? The... Oh yeah, Kynes. the the doctor, Doctor Kynes. Yeah, the, the Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, when when she uh, uses the thumper to swallow all of them, I I think that's a really clever scene. It's pretty gangster. All right, all right, good choices. I would have Phil go next, but I'm gonna mix it up and have Eric. All right. Um, I liked. Well, 
here's the thing. I'm I'm go- I'm sitting there going through and like nothing really excited me in this movie. And even the scenes that I saw, like the ones that I'm gonna talk about, I'm I was even sitting there trying to think of three things that stuck out to me. But even the the one that my top scene, I still have a lot of qualms with. But it's the scene where they're getting the tour of the planet and they're like, oh, we might see a worm, and then the worm comes and swallows the uh, the spice mining. Um, uh, vehicle. I thought that was a pretty cool scene. Although, again, I still have qualms about the whole Deus Ex Machina uh, ishness of it. Um, I liked, I, and then I liked the, the yes, the, the, the thumper scene where they use it to to have the worm swallow everyone. I thought that was really cool. And yes, gangsta. Um, and I liked the scene where, and I'm terrible with names in this. The scene where uh, I thought it was really intense, where um, Oscar Isaac kills. Skarsgård with the yeah. or tries tries to with the uh, the fake tooth thing. I just thought that whole because you knew it was coming, and I just thought it was really intense. Like when is it going to happen? And the way it kind of starts killing everyone. I just thought that was really cool and and really intense. So I enjoyed that. Yes, and to answer your question, uh, it is Duke Leto, Atreides attempting to kill Baron Harkonnen. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. I will go with Ellie next. I'm interested um, in this. I'm I'm very interested. Well, so for me, it was hard to pick three. I actually really loved this movie. I thought I, it was I am, fantastic. I am so on board for this for this Ellie loving this movie. <laughs> um. <laughs> so I guess the concubine is very good at hiding her um, interests because I've always been a huge fantasy fan. Um, and so this, this movie, you should have known this was a no-brainer for me. This is right up my... I've actually seen more than once the original Dune, Ugh. if that tells you anything. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So the one part I liked... Um, I'm not going to name them in like order of liked the most. Just these were three things that I... I thought was fun. These are three things Ellie liked in this movie. Yes. but Number... I mean a first one. Not number one, but a first one. Yes, a first one. Um, the When the sandworm reveals itself and it just stands there and it's like just looking at him and you think maybe it's him and not the, the thumper. Um, I, I thought that was really cool because it kind of gave you that impression that like he was commanding it to stop. Mm. Um, but it, it was he just... He as in Paul. Yes. Um, it just... Just seeing the image of it there and how big it is. It was just a really cool scene. I liked that. Um, I would say another scene I liked is when the Baron first stands up. It's just kind of cool to see like how huge he is. Wait, which time he stands up? Well, just any time, but the very first time. The first time you meet him? And he Wait, just, where he's got, like, the, where he's in that, like, steam thing? Well, and he just, like, rises up, and it's, he's just, it's uh, kind of oh, cool looking. Oh, where, where he's in the robe thing. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm just making um, sure, because cause I gotta, gotta be specific with this. Uh-huh. For crossover reasons. So, uh, I don't know. I just thought that was really cool, and, and I would definitely say um, when when he kills someone for the first time too, I thought that was very impactful. And you could just tell he changed. Like at that moment, he just, he's, wasn't him anymore. Yes. He might even, you might even call him the Moadib. But that wasn't mentioned in this, but that is something that will come up in part two a lot. 
Well, I mean, it, you know, with the whole, you know, a life taken and, you know, when they were kind of were quoting all that before the fight happened and everything, I don't know, it just, you could tell very easily that he's not him anymore, so. It was, it was a cool, cool scene, I liked so it. So you could say he's the Quasar Anyway. But, but, by, by the way, did it help you, did it help you that the subtitles were on? Well, yes, because I have annoying children that are always around me that have this tone that it, they could be quiet, but they still I can't hear anything. So, yes. There's a lot, not as much whisper talking as in the other movie, but there's a lot of yes, very... it definitely helped. ...whispery stuff. Speaking yes. of whispery stuff, Phil, what was your top three picks? Oh, uh, wow. I've never been described as, you know, something quiet. <laughs> um, I... My uh, first one is the the scene with the box where Paul has to put his hand in the box, the, the mm. box of pain or yeah, you know, whatever. Cool. The space nun uh, you know, puts that needle to his that that scene. It, it's just super intense. Her gum to bar, and it kind of immediately defines Paul as like uh, he's a kid, but he is disciplined, and there is something about him and the connection to his mother. Uh, and it, the, I think that scene is just shot super well. All right. Uh, Good choice. There's the the meeting with, is it Stilgar? Stilgar? The Javier Bardem uh, character? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stilgar, yeah. Sorry, because I'm thinking of the actor Skarsgar that we're just going to refer to. Yeah, yeah. Skarsgar. Yeah. Yeah, Stilgar. Wait, I want to see a, a re-edit of Goodwill Hunting with Stellan Skarsgård from this movie put in the place. <laughs> would, make the it, would make it so, so, so more entertaining for me. He's so intense. <laughs> uh, but the, yeah, the, when Stilgar comes to the, the council meeting mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning and spits on the floor, and I just, I love that scene because it is all kind of the main players together in one place and they all kind of show you exactly who they are in mm. in that moment you have like the uh josh brolin's car- uh, gurney is like he's super like hair triggered and uh, uh duncan is you know kind of trying to chill everybody out and you see paul is sympathetic to the natives and i don't it's just a, a great way i mean it's like what a half hour 45 minutes into the movie yeah uh but it's it's the time they, I think they bring everyone together and they go, okay, if you haven't got it yet, this is exactly who these people are. And it introduces Javier Bardem into the movie, and I just love seeing him in almost anything. All right. Uh, and then I have the Harvester Rescue as as my third one. The, the, fir- the introduction of the sandworm and, uh, and uh, the whole Paul starting to trip out with the magic sand uh, sequence where, you know, his dad yells at him for for zoning out. And I just wanted Paul to turn to Oscar Isaac and go, you sent me where all the drugs are and now you're <laughs> mad at me for being high. But um, but I, I think that scene is really exciting and it it does that thing. I think so few movies do well where it is an exciting scene that also advances the character and the plot at the same time in a really interesting way. All right. All right. So for my three, 
And I cheated because, of course, it's Zygnus, so that's what I because do. Because, of course, you did. <laughs> so, um, so my first one is just, and and this is why I was asking Allie to be very specific about which moment with Baron Harkonnen. Mm. Because the way you are introduced to him, where he's sitting in like that steam cube or whatever it is, and he's just like kind of talking over his shoulder. This movie's soundtrack and like sound effects are already iconic. Like whenever his uh, suspensors, the things that help him levitate, yeah. go off, they make a very particular sound, and it's it's almost subtly Vader esque, like Vader's breathing in Star Wars. It's the same thing for this. I think of just hearing those things go off. It's it's awesome. I love that introduction of him as a character that like. Water's so important on this planet that we're going to be interacting with, and he's sitting there in a steam bath for the <laughs> fun of it, and just the the channeling of Marlon Brando with like him wiping his head and everything. Oh, it, sure. Just Baron Harkonnen is just mm, amazingly done. Amazing. Just Skarsgård did an amazing job with this role. So I just want to recognize just everything about the Baron. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, second thing. And this is once again where I cheated. The scale. I love the scale in this movie. From the worms to the ships to where, like, just how just gigantic and how just awe-inspiring this is. Now, Phil and Austin, you saw this in the theater. Is this worth a movie-going experience? I'm really happy that that uh, I forced myself to go to a... I'm still not totally comfortable with the idea of going to theaters, and this is the movie that that made me, uh, uh, you know, mask up and and find a a sparsely populated Sunday afternoon showing uh, where where I would feel safe and be able to experience this um, on a on a bigger scale. I, I for me, it was worth it. It's so worth it with the uh, with the sweeping shots and also just the sound. Like you said, everything has a distinct yeah. sound. And when I first watched this, it was on my laptop and like I had a book kind of like against the speaker and I didn't even hear like half of the sounds <laughs> for the beginning half. And I found it hard to get into the movie. And then when I heard it more clearly, I it I connected so much better with it. So I think the movie theater experience helps that. Yes, which which I did not get, but I want to see it on the big screen. I, I, I feel like this is a movie because it's just the scale, the scope, the shit. Like, just, I, I don't know. I have a weird thing where I love scale. As, as I've said before, Star Destroyers in Atmosphere is something I love because of the scale of them. And this was like a ton of that with all these giant ships and stuff. And the, um, the oh my gosh, I forgot the names of the transport ships. But that giant, like... Um, circular ship that yeah the, yeah the oh my gosh I cannot remember and the just the the landscapes of the big yeah. open desert I mean yep. it all I mean this is what uh, Villeneuve kind of does with Arrival with Blade Runner twenty forty nine is these big scale they're kind of built for theaters awesome yeah so so that's my second my third one is a very very exact moment because after reading the books I was super intrigued on how they were going to do something and I'm trying to figure out if this was 
part of the movie, part of a nod to the book? Is this him having his prescience awakened? Because the part, because a lot of you have pointed out the part where he like first intakes in the spice, the harvester scene. Mm-hmm. There is a line Paul says when he's sitting on the ground. He says, I recognize your footsteps, old man. And then there's a jump cut to Gurney grabbing him on the shoulder. That is one minute, I mean, sorry, one hour, seven minutes, and 23 seconds into the movie. My question to you, who is he talking to in that scene? Who is he referring to? Ellie? I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't read the book. I'm just asking, what do you think? Because he did say something earlier to Gurney about, I recognized your your footsteps, you know, earlier. Yeah. So do you think it was Gurney? I don't know. All right. Phil? I think he's talking to the worm. All right. Pa- uh, not Paul. Austin. <laughs> I'll be Paul. Uh <laughs> I, I, I think it was Gurney, because didn't Gurney say earlier, uh, always watch behind you? Mm-hmm. I, and he said he could hear his footsteps, and then yes. later when Gurney's coming up behind. So I think it's Gurney. All right. So we got one Gurney. We got, we got wait, Ellie, you, did you say Gurney? I didn't say anything. Okay, so we got one Gurney, one undecided, and one worm. Eric, where are you landing on this? I'm I'm also on Team Worm. All right. So fun fact for you, and and I'm and I'm playing a few things close to my chest now because since Austin does want to partake in the book, I'm not gonna go full. Well, actually, in the book, because I do want to not spoil stuff. But I think this is the first time Paul is able to see because in the books he's able to see past, present, future all at the same time in multiple futures at the same time like possible futures that's why in the movie it shows him flashing to see Jameis as like a friend of his because that was a possible outcome it flashes to showing um zendaya killing him his death yeah because that's a possible future but the term for the worms the ones that are the big ones the ones that are the makers in the Fremen language is Shai Halud, which of course Kynes does refer to them as. The reason I'm really drawing this out and explaining this is because Shai Halud translated, and I'm gonna get this 100% correct for you guys, is translated as Old Man of the Desert. I think 110% he is having future past self experience. He's referring to the worm. Because the worm's coming, and it's not a reference to Gurney. Because he seems shocked when Gurney grabs him. I think he's referring to the worm coming, and that he can tell that it's the worm because he's referring to it as an old man in the sense of the Fremen language, Shai Halud. So that as, is my... As long point. as I'm right, I'm, I'll, I'll go with whatever you think. <laughs> I, have, I have put forth evidence on top of evidence. I am... I am Two to, I mean, I am three to one against Austin with Ellie undecided. Ellie, have I swayed your vote? I'm not answering. This is why I didn't marry you with, in this, with this per episode. New information. <laughs> yes. With this new information, uh, I'm actually wondering about uh, 
because there's moments where Paul recognizes and understands uh, the language of the native people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is that like the same thing as in the movie Arrival where uh, she learns something in the future and is able to understand it in the past? Yes. Like he's seeing his his future knowledge is coming backwards. Yes. So that so, makes more sense now. So it does a good job explaining in the book and I wondered how they would do it in the movie. That's why this is one of my favorite moments because I think this is them showing him being able to like past, present, future recognize stuff. Because there was the thing earlier when they were looking at his still suit and he laced it up the way that the Fremen do. Yeah. I like That's, that. Once like again, that yeah. him past future. Like, it explains it in the book, but it's like, how are they going to do this in the movie? And this is why I love this because I think this is how they did it subtly. But then later on when they have those flashbacks, flash forwards and all that stuff, it didn't have to cut away from that action scene. Like I said, I think it's meant for you to think they're talking about Gurney but I think it's truly referring to the worm. So that is that is my mic drop. I've read the book moment. We get it. You read, Zanger. <laughs> no, I audio book. He I does audio-book. not read. He listens to other people reading. You say that. You say that. You go. You read books. He's like, what's a book? <laughs> Anyways, uh, audibletrial.com slash Zanger. Um, moving on now. <laughs> So we had some crossover with our favorite moments, but what about favorite characters? I'm going to start with Ellie. I want to know who you thought was who you who you pick as your favorite character in this, because there's a few I'd be surprised if you didn't go for it. I mean, Batista's not in this that much, so I mean, are you going to go for it? Are you going to go for him? He just cries and yells a lot and beheads people. I hate him in this movie. Good, you're supposed to. <laughs> Do not like him at all. Um. I'm going to go with the main character. Paul Atreides? Yes. I don't know. There's something about him. I like him. Is it because it's Tim and No, I just think he's fun. He's cool. Um, I, don't, I think he plays it very well. And um, I'm kind of excited to see him grow with so his you're powers. For him. Yes, I'm rooting for him. All right. I like him. All right. So, I'm um, going to go over to Austin. Austin, are you rooting for Timothy Chalamet? I am rooting for Mr. Call, you, Call Me By Your Name. Uh, but my actual favorite character in this movie is Lady Jessica. Ooh. Uh, I found her to have the most entertaining emotional subplot i really liked uh there was a scene i didn't get upon first viewing but uh when she's talking to her past mentor uh it's right after the Mm -hmm. scene with paul and his hand in the box uh she there's like this mythical figure that they talk about and it seems like jessica has purposely like chosen a path in her life where she can bring that person into fruition by marrying Paul's father but it doesn't seem like she knows what she's in for and Paul has kind of chosen his own path without her leading the way so it's like really interesting to see her grapple with that uh very interesting that you gathered that from the movie because in the books once again not trying to spoil stuff Ellie's giving me a Give, give me an eye. I'm and actually not looking at you I, at all. I can, I can tell you are, though. He's paranoid. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I, I have to be. Um, 
in the books, it's basically point out that Bene Gesserit are not only a weird sisterhood of this weird, like, powers beyond, like, prescience and all these other things, but they not only have been doing genetic matching, I mean, genetic, like, breeding matching for about 10,000 years, they've also seeded cultures around the universe with legends that they can go, if they are in emergencies, fulfill, and the Fremen are one of the cultures they seeded. Because that Paul does mention that in the movie about oh this is you know something the Fremen have the Fremen are one of the people you guys messed with and she kind of is like yeah but it's very interesting that you picked up on that and I'm very excited for you to read the books because I think the book's going to delve into it a lot more than the movie does on what the purpose of Paul was and what he was supposed to be and what he will become which is the Quisak Yes, I'm going to keep saying stuff like that, by the way. So, Love it. So, good pick. All right. Um, Berg, I'm going to go with you for the next one. I... Was, it, was, it, was it the end credits? Was that your favorite hey. character? <laughs> no, no. Um, I honestly, I really like like Baron Harkonnen. Ooh. I thought he was such a cool character. He stood out because he was so weird. Everyone else to me was like so like... I understood their role and everything like that, but they were kind of just like subdued, but he was so just kind of like weird and you were I was just immediately drawn to him whenever he was on screen because he was gross mm-hmm. and unnerving in all of his movements and any anytime he was on screen it was just weird. So I really, really liked him a lot. Um yeah. So by far I think my favorite character. All right, all right. All right, good pick. Um, Phil, what about you? Where 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 did you land? Who's your favorite character? Is it Duncan I, uh... Idaho? I do have Duncan Idaho, and I he tied with uh, uh, Gurney uh, because I I love them both as they are both warriors. They're both pretty old school, uh, but they're they're both they're kind of distinct from each other. At the same, it's it's so easy to go like I've got these badass warriors, and then write them, and they end up as essentially the same character and. I like that Duncan Idaho is a little more of like a, a warrior poet kind of jovial guy, and Gurney is very measured and and uh, a real hard ass. Uh, when he when him and Paul are training, I mm-hmm. think that scene is amazing, and I think you get to see Gurney just being a take no bullshit kind of guy, but also like. He's not doing it to be mean. He's doing it because that's how he keeps Paul alive. And and you just sort of understand that. I, I just think they're both really fascinating military characters. And I loved I loved them, all, all their screen. I love Jason Momoa in this movie. Uh, his last battle is incredible. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. They're both just super charismatic in different ways. I, I, I like that. I I do find it funny how you said that um, Duncan's more of the warrior poet, whereas Gurney actually is like a musician in the books and like plays music a lot. And is, I think it's the bassoon. Some, um, he, he, he well, plays and they something. do show him like singing and there's like a there's like a spiritual side of Gurney, too. He has like the yeah. little the little Bible. Yep. I feel like uh, Duncan is more outwardly sort of jovial and more sympathetic to uh to the natives and 
he's just almost more of the um he's the military guy but he's not like outwardly when they're on duty like gurney is the more stereotypically military guy whereas like duncan is like hey paul and he runs up and gives yeah. him a big hug and he's just sort of a, a happier dude who also happens to be a badass which i feel like um gurney doing that he'd punch him in the gut and be like you left me open yeah. for that <laughs> yeah gurney gurney like busts his balls when he comes into the into the um first like strategy meeting yeah and he's like oh there's paul look at him like uh catches uh, defeating hunter uh what hunter, are they? Seekers. hunter seekers yeah and uh like he's kind of just sort of joking with him kind of tearing him down but like in a playful way mm -hmm. uh it's it's less like laugh out loud i don't know if i'm making any sense about no, describing the distinction between them but you are uh, i mean they're both it, great i loved them both it does it, the movie does a good job the books do a good job of distinguishing them because they are just oh it's two military you know trained people it's like no they're yeah. actually two very different characters from each other um so also one of them was played by um uh oh my god patrick stewart so in the previous movies oh yeah so yes josh broland replacing patrick stewart though i would like to see patrick stewart as the emperor if they if they i mean in part two but we will see um wait i'm up for favorite characters aren't i yay so my favorite character baron uh harkonnen i i I, I, I agree with Eric. Like, he stole every scene he was in, and it made mm -hmm. me... It, I, I don't like villains where it's like, where it's a sympathetic, oh, no, they have problems too. It's, no, this one is one that's pure just evil. They are pure evil. And yeah. I love that we have a pure evil villain that doesn't have some redeeming sort of, oh, woe is me, I'm gonna snap half the galaxy away because of hunger. It's, no, it's, I'm, I'm just evil. I'm just pure evil, and I love having that. And and in Skarsgård, does an amazing job in the role. Like every time, Eric was correct. You see him on screen; it's disturbing, and it's off-putting. And just the sound effects they use with him, and just the way he just is just evil for evil's sake. Love it. It's great, fantastic. Watching him eat is one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. Yes, such yeah. a good scene. <laughs> yeah, there there is one complaint I have. I don't like that he's the one that that, that killed Doctor Yue because it seems like something he wouldn't lower himself to doing that. Like it seems beneath him to actually be the one who killed. But that's just me being very very petty about a thing that's probably not even that important. Like it, I don't know. It, it, it just feels like it was beneath him to actually kill somebody, if that makes any sense. Like, he's that evil. It, it seemed like it was about honor, because he he called him, like, a traitor and, like, a really mean voice before he did it, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we all have our favorite characters, obviously. Some of us picked better ones, me and Eric. Um, But we're going to move on. <laughs> um, So, I do want to say, there is the spice. It was kind of alluded to. But, um... Would you all partake in the spice melange if offered it? <laughs> the spice melange. Um, I'm going to pull up something real quick because there are some health benefits around the spice melange. You don't even need to ask me. Yes, I would. Okay, because it doesn't give everybody <laughs> like super see-through time <laughs> powers. Um, 
mind alteration, it could awaken dormant parts of the human mind and encourage expanding sensory per, uh, perception uh, in some humans, notably the Bene Gesserit. Um, heavy doses lead to powerful abilities, including prescience, which prescience is the ability to see past, present, future at the same time sort of stuff. Health benefits uh, taken regularly, it extends life uh, and also um, it basically triples your life expectancy almost. But there's a drawback to it, which I will get to momentarily. Um, it does have an addictive quality, and it does also have physical effects if you take too much of it. Uh, one of them being the easiest one, the Eyes of um, Abad. Hell yeah! Which is getting the blue within They're blue. They're super cool looking. Once again, not trying to spoil stuff, but if you take too much of it, it does more stuff to your body. But since we have book readers around, I will not spoil that. But I did and like the part two coming. Uh, well, actually, it probably won't even be covered in a part two. But the remember how you saw those people with the, like the orange mask on when the emperors people came to be like, "Hey, you guys are going to go take over Dune." Those are guild navigators, and that orange stuff is just spice. They are basically constantly inhaling, and it does something really jacked up if you inhale that much. Um, so going around the table, Ellie's already answered that she would partake <laughs> in the spice lunch. Yes. So, um, save your side effects, bullshit pharmacy. <laughs> um, also, when, once you take it, you become dependent on it. Like you, you can't not have it in your system. You basically die. So on that note, um, Austin, uh, I know your father's on this podcast, but um, we're all cool at Cygnus. You totally take some spice with us, oh, right? Grown ups, I uh, <laughs> I stopped parenting long ago. Listen, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've I've grown tired of the commonplace salt and pepper. Uh, I would one hundred percent partake in some of this spice. One thing I will say, uh, if I was sensitive, uh, like if I got Paul's visions, uh, or uh, that thing you were talking about with, like, too much of it affecting your body, like, I would not, uh, I would not want to see the future, uh, like, like, I, I don't want to know what's coming, I just want to live through it. <laughs> but it's a possible it. so, uh, future, possible futures. Sure, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll just take the spice for fun, I'm, I'm not gonna... Recreational. Well, the other... Medical, the... live longer. The other fun thing is about with the spice is due to how much of it is saturated on the planet of Arrakis, Dune, you're basically unable to avoid it. Like, it's just that, like, you don't even have to take it. Like, it's just in the food, in everything. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you have to worry about not now, having it. Now, off the planet, you do, but... Well, yeah. But anyways, uh, peer pressure onto uh, Berg now. Um, would you Oh, get? yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Off, Oh, also, not to sweeten this deal any for anyone else, but it apparently is uh, cinnamon, cinnamony, kind of like cinnamon sugar. I like cinnamon oh. and sugar. Oh, I oh like my God. I do. Just, <laughs> yeah, like I that's that's what I was a challenge with, <laughs> with spice. spice. <laughs> the spice any, anytime I hear spice in the sci-fi thing, whether it's this or, or they're talking about the spice mines of, of Kessel uh, or whatever in Star Wars, whenever I hear spice, I always think of... Um, I think of like a cinnamon sugar spice. That's where my mind automatically goes. I'm like, oh, it's probably some weird alien thing or something. But no, if it's if it's actually like that, then all the more reason. Sprinkle a little buttered toast. That sounds good to me. <laughs> all right, so spice toast. Got it. All right, Phil, you're going to be cool? You're going to be a cool kid? 
Peer pressure. Oh, man. I, uh, uh, real talk here. I am a sober guy, and I am also super curious about psychedelics, but uh, uh, because of my sobriety, I cannot take them. And I have legitimately, since I first watched this movie, sat there and legitimately asked myself, would I tank my sobriety to take some spice? And uh, yeah, I'm still undecided. So I'm taking sobriety off the table and saying, yeah, bring it on. I'm going to put on some Grateful Dead records and I am going to uh, take the spice and I'm just going to see what I can see, man. Take spice and watch uh, 2001. Oh my God, that might be <laughs> the best weekend ever. <laughs> take take some spice and watch the original Doom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that it might be become different. watchable. <laughs> or just watch Tremors and be like, man, this Dune movie sucks. <laughs> no, <laughs> you'd say this Dune too. movie's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say thank you. <laughs> I can't believe the dad from Family Ties is in Dune? What is going on? <laughs> so, what do we do, baby? I won't say anymore because <laughs> that's, our, that's our legal limit we can do for fair use. <laughs> All right. So for me, um, I... Elias said she likes the blue within blue, so I think it's going to just get put into everything I eat or drink. Yes. So, great. We're all hooked on the spice. Yep. So, welcome to Arrakis, everybody. Um, so, next question. Uh, does everyone think this is a science fiction mainstay off of this movie? Book, book nodded, not part of this, because the book is, of course, hailed as, like, the origin for many Star Wars things. Um... Eric mentioned the Spice Mines a Kessel. Spice in Star Wars is a reference to Dune, so there you go for that. But do you think this is a that this is a mainstay, that this is something everyone will point to as a must-watch sci-fi movie from here on out? Gonna start with Austin. Being the youngest and the more most fu- future visionary of us all, I guess. Yeah. Let's go. Well, with that. Of us, is what that's he's right. trying to say. Yes. I, I, I think that's what they're aiming for with the marketing on this one. Like, they threw it everywhere. It was all over the internet for, like, two weeks. And I think it's died down a little, but, like... Not enough. I I, I told you, Dad, uh, when we were done watching this uh, together, that I I think they're going to franchise this. I, I think they're going to take the, the Dune sequels and... Uh, I don't think they'll stick with the same director, but I think they're gonna expand into this world. Um, so I, I do think this is gonna have a major impact on sci-fi and just like the film industry. I I think it's gonna be because they sunk a lot of money into this, and I think it was very successful. All right. So I think it's gonna stay. All right, um, Phil. Go ahead. What what do you think uh, as as a fan of the sci-fi from what I've heard? Yeah, I think this will be critically regarded as a as a mainstay in the way that like we do look at something like 2001 now, but it won't be in like I don't think I don't think this will stay in the popular consciousness. This won't be a mainstream movie going forward. It's a little uh high-minded, it's slow-paced. I, I look at the rest of sci- science fiction is not this is like old school sort of um, uh, thematic sci-fi and I just don't see that as being what science fiction is uh, right now 
Uh, I do disagree with Austin about whether or not they will franchise this because I don't think they franchise a movie that doesn't make a billion dollars anymore. I think we'll get the second part of this, maybe uh, depending on how the two do together, you might get one sequel, but I don't think the the studio is in it for the long haul. This movie is expensive, mm-hmm. um, and I I don't I think this should. I think this is a a really solid uh, film, um, but I just I don't see it catching hold in the mainstream. Uh, even I don't know about like the Dune novel. Is that even in mainstream conversation outside of? this movie fixing to come out like it's, it's it's it has a cult audience it has a very very passionate audience around it but it's not necessarily it widespread if that makes any sense it's something that it took me basically putting my nose to the grindstone to get to get into it right but once i got into it i could see where a lot of stuff took from this or borrowed from it star wars oh i, I every, see that in yeah. the in the film yeah but, but, but that and, and if someone's like oh this this it's like no this is taking back what's what everything else took from it originally i can yeah. see i want this to be i'm i'm going to do my answer now i want this to be a tentpole I just want to see how far they're going to go. Because even though I haven't read the rest of the books, I know where it's going to go. And it gets bonkers at certain points. So that's why I'm like, if they do get to like book four or five, it's going to get crazy. And I would just love to see that on the big screen. And I mean, if I even told you guys like worm god stuff it like you wouldn't believe that this is where it goes because i'm even like i don't know where how the book's gonna get here but i'm on board so ellie you've you you eric i'm I'm saving you for last um because i i know what your answer is gonna be ellie what about you is is this a mainstay is this the sit, sit sit your kids down in front and be like this is science fiction children or fantasy technically because it steals a lot from fantasy. I think it's, I think it's sci-fi fantasy. I definitely think it's the middle ground. The worms are allegory for dragons. <laughs> um, I mean, but you know what I'm saying. I don't know. I I wouldn't call it just fantasy. I think it's more split between the two. Um, I I think, I think it is going to be around for a while, and I think it's because of where we are now. I think if you had this come out 10 years or so ago, I would say no. But I think there's enough weird shit out there now that it's the right time for it. So I think the weirder it gets, I think the more popular it'll be. (laughs) But do you know what I'm saying? I I just, like I said, I think a decade ago or so, no, I don't think it would have probably gotten much. But I, I think this... The way people are now and they're a little bit more open-minded and and like to see not the norm um i i I think it has a good chance of of staying around for a while all right eric i think they want it to stay around for a while it might stay around for a while i don't think it deserves to stay around for a while to me it did nothing 
It looked like to me like a culmination of the past like 20 years of sci-fi movies, good, bad, and everything else. Um, nothing about it really to me screams like I think they want to tell the Dune story and that's it. I don't think they're going to do anything besides this in part two. Um, I just I don't think that um, I don't think it warranted that with what they did with it. It, it. I I went in with an open mind. I went in going all right, it's Dune. This is not like. You know, this is not some like simple story. They're going to tell a very complex story, and I went in like open-minded, you know, ready to experience it. And for me, I just walked away from this like this was a very boring story they told. I mean, not the story itself, but they told it in a boring way. Uh, and it reminded me, I kept seeing things going, "Oh, that looks like this," or "That looks like that." Honestly, I wasn't a big fan of the CG. I thought it was kind of bad because it took place in a desert. There was a lot of times I was like, "Hey, that looks like the Phantom Menace levels of special <laughs> effects right now." Um, how does Mike? I, how does Mike right now? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I thought it had terrible special effects, and I thought I was playing a PS3 game because they like to use that gray, brown, slightly green filter that every game in the uh, uh, you know in the mid mid 2000s seemed to like to do. It was just not a. I for me personally, I just did not think it was that great, and I I'm sure they're gonna try and push and make it this sort of like you're saying a mainstay but i don't think it really deserves that based on what i saw can i ask you a question yeah please don't uh, <laughs> no no i'm i'm gonna encourage this um <laughs> please don't it, did did you go in expecting more of a complex story than you got and then you were just like oh this is it you know, at times, yes. At times, I was like knowing, knowing Dune, and having not read Dune, but knowing that it's known as being have, having a complex story. I think there were times I expected it to be more complex, and then there were times where it would like immediately, like on a dime, I'd be like, I go from like, wow, I don't know what's going on, to oh, wow, this is like you know the hero's journey tropes one hundred and one kind of stuff like that. So. I think it was a little mix of both. Yeah, I uh, I think I went in kind of bracing for something a little more complex, and it was just sort of like, oh, they're just kind of telling the story that's like a space fantasy kind of or a science fantasy kind of story. Um, and yeah, I thought about they, becoming a god, you know, yeah. no big deal. Yeah, no, the usual stuff. <laughs> well, I do that on Tuesdays. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't think I don't think it's a bad movie it's just for me personally i did not think it was i did not think it was a personally a great movie um and but i but i could see it being referenced i could see it being um you know brought up as a kind of a because it, it, it did have a grand sense of scale like i did like that it was it went for this epic scale and for that i think they did succeed um but yeah, just in terms of what I personally think, I I don't think it deserves that. But it'll probably get that, at least for a little bit. We'll see. All right. So on that note of grand scale, I do want to transition to a question I didn't put on here, but we'll respond to Phil's amazing doodle he's been doing, which he posted to Instagram and Twitter and everything else. Uh, everyone's thoughts on the worms. What we did get to see of them, because that's part of my what I'm looking for in part two. So, Ellie, yay or nay on the dragons? I mean worms. <laughs> uh, they were fun. They were huge and... Did you like the design? Or do you like the old ones where it's like got like the three hinged mouth thing? Tremors-esque. 
I'm doing that with my hand right now, and it just looks like my hand's gotten hit with something. I'm okay with either. I, I mean, I wasn't upset about it. All right. Uh, going over to the Roods. Phil, you've you've been drawing. Want to walk us through your your thoughts on the worm? Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought they were cool. I thought it was a, it's a fairly simple design. We all know what tremors worms look like and, and to just essentially have that and enormous with a billion teeth, it's simple. It's straightforward. They didn't try and reinvent the wheel. Uh, I will say that Paul's vision of him, uh, riding the worm at the end was pretty kick-ass. Uh, but, um, yeah, I uh, I thought they were cool, and I I'm looking forward to seeing how they play into part two. Oh, they will play. Um, Austin. Uh, well, I liked them better in Beetlejuice. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, what I will say, I like how this movie builds up the mythos of them, talking about like the spirituality and like we before we even see them in the movie. Uh, there's a moment where Paul has been like researching this planet that's going to be his home and there's this mural of the worm and it's so magnificent. It's so cool. And then when you compare that, I, I want to look at these scenes side by side. When you compare that to the first time we really see it devour uh, and we get that cool speech from the guide who's uh, a, a native, like so cool. I love all that combined together. Keep 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 going for a minute. I'm gonna see if I can find that. I don't want dead air of me scrubbing to try to find that quote. It's uh, what it's something about like uh, God will. Take I I, back. I I meant like talk talk about something else for a second. Why why look for the quote? I didn't mean try to remember the quote. D don't ruin the quote. <laughs> don't, please. don't ruin the quote. <laughs> I'm gonna jump in and say that mural. It's in the background. It's not ever pointed out specifically. But it is there, and it, this is a movie where I think there's so much detail that it helps that it's got cool stuff like that in the background and not referenced. So if you know, you're know you aware of the level of detail, you're just kind of scanning the settings. And then you see that, and you see like the, the way the mouth is showing all the teeth, but then it's got like these lines coming out from it, so it looks like a sun. I, that that whole mural in his room was such a a on its own just like a beautiful piece of art and a great piece of set dressing that I'm really glad that you noticed it too because I when I saw it especially on the the bigger screen it was like I couldn't stop looking I, I kept trying to watch Paul and then my eye would get drawn back into that mural that was kind of behind him. I thought it was uh, uh, just a great piece of art and a great piece of uh, a, a way to kind of incorporate the worms into the world building. Like they're part of this culture's art and and stuff like that. So they kind of are a motif. Yeah, the the sets are just very cool. Like the whole castle, like all of it. Yeah. Uh, and all the intent behind it is really there. Okay. Well, I, isn't it like this is... Um, this is a world where these are people who these are earth people just yeah way in yeah. the future they 10,000 so, years no way like, more than that it was like it was yeah, yeah i guess it was about the that, year yeah. is like 10,000 so it's like 8,000 years in the future 
But like, yeah, so much of those uh, castles are like Middle Eastern inspired mm-hmm. and Mediterranean sort of inspired architecture. And it's really, it's cool to see that, but it's also got a twist on it because it's the future. Like they're playing bagpipes for for no reason. It's just like these weird like holdovers from Earth that have somehow Look, carried forward another 8,000 years. I like years. the name Duncan Idaho. Yeah, yes, exactly, exactly that. I like, think in the books it's referenced that the Atreides when they were on Earth were from like Scotland or something. Like that's where they originated from. I do have the quote though. I did find it. You 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 delayed enough for me to find it. Um, it is bless the Maker and His water, bless the coming and going of Him. May His passage cleanse the world and keep the world for His people. So, a real quick thing, and I'm not trying. Once again, Austin, I appreciate you being on here because one, you're a good voice, and two. You're keeping me in check for not talking about the book too much. Because I want to save that for a different episode. But <laughs> The spoiler buff. <laughs> yes, you, you are the spoiler buff. But I'm going to give you a few hints for anyone who is reading or wants to read the book. A lot of the book is being told like from the future. Or is excerpts from like future books or stuff. That's why there's like the Princess Aralon, um telling it. And stuff like that. Or from her point of view. But... There's 50 million names for everything. It just depends on who's talking about it. Because, like, for example, Maker, that's a worm. The worms are considered makers. There are things that the worms come from that are considered little makers. I'm not, or sand trout. They also are referred to, as I said earlier, Shy Halud. So there's like 50 different names for one thing in the books. But that was her her little praise thing, that prayer thing that she did over it because the Fremen worship them as makers, as like gods and everything on this planet. Because they are the ones that have something to do with spice. There's a connection between spice and the worms besides them just going after... Basically, they go after anything that's on the desert floor um also pointing this out i did say that you know i think if you read the books you get a lot more out of this there are stuff like that set dressing and everything if you read the books you're like oh cool it has that um the fremen i think got the worst end of like they are an unstoppable force when it comes to fighting because this planet has basically transformed them into this amazing fighting force but i think we're going to get more of that in part two with them versus the Sadakar, who are supposed to be this other unstoppable force, but they're like able to go through the Sadakar like it's nothing. And once again, Austin, thank you. There's a part in the book that's awesome where Sadakar fight a ton of Fremen. I'm not going to say what the Fremen are that they're fighting, but the Sadakar almost lose, and it's against a set of people that they're like, oh, whatever, we got this. And they basically lose that fight. So. On that note, what are your biggest questions coming out of this, Ellie? Because I feel like you have a list. Any questions? Um, hmm. Okay, any questions slash what are you looking forward to in part two? I'm going to combine these questions. What is the black 
goo that the Baron is like sitting in. It's just heal. some goo. That, that Why do you have to pick something that has nothing to do with anything? It's just something that's helping healing him and also showing that he's spoiled and is on a planet with no water and is bringing in oil to just wash himself with. Actually, you know what? I think it's just from him just from a day's hovering. I think that's just... Oh. Yeah, there. There. Happy. Real question, Ellie. Come on. <laughs> This motor oil. Come there. <laughs> just, just wanted to know. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I don't have anything to base it off of because I haven't read the books. So, like I said, I want to see, I want to see him evolve. Um, Paul. Yeah, okay. and I just, I don't know. I don't really have anything specific that I, I want out of it. Uh, Austin. I'm going to go with you since you have a book to look forward to and a movie. I don't do. Don't ruin uh, both first. Well, I, I do have a question after watching this movie because this movie kind of... I, I think the goal is to plant this question in your mind with a few of the scenes. Uh, and I don't want any spoilers from book readers. Uh, but are we Singer. watching Paul's fall from grace? Are we watching him set up to become a villain because he seems horrified at like the war and all the atrocities that are to come so i'm i'm very curious if he's going to be luke skywalker or if he's going to be anakin skywalker so so that's my question going into part two okay um do you want me to vaguely answer that or just keep my mouth shut because I've only read the first book. And I, there is I, an answer. It is, it is killing you to not spoil I know. everything. Yeah, I know. I know. Really can't, can't you tell? He is, yeah. <laughs> he's sitting on his hands, isn't he? To, to, not, to not be uh, going insane. I can hear it in Sanger's voice. He is dying to spoil part Imagine having to live with him. <laughs> I, I, I am going to request... Uh, that the fifth be taken on that one. <laughs> Meep. All right. Phil, <laughs> what do you got for us? Uh, I don't have Biggest question. I, I don't have any questions except for when does Paul join the Power Rangers and uh, become the, the gold uh, Power Ranger jumping around in his vision? Hmm. Um, no, I don't have any questions. I've watched, I've watched this twice and I feel like uh the the beauty of this movie and going in cold is they give you all the information you need uh and i'm sure they trim a ton of the fat that you don't need i'm sure they planted seeds for part two i want to go into part two with no expectations they've taken me on this journey so far giving me every bit of world building and uh character work that I need to follow the plot without spoon feeding it to me and also without making it so cryptic that I don't know what the hell's going on. I feel like I followed this movie pretty well. This is a really straightforward story. The most complex part of it is the world building. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've watched it twice. I'm probably going to watch it one more time before it leaves HBO. And, uh, you know, I feel like all of those details sort of sort themselves out. So uh, I just straight up enjoyed this movie. I have no expectation for 
uh, part two, except that I am a little bit nervous after uh, the last movie I saw that was split into two parts was Stephen King's It. And uh, and part two kind of disappointed me. So as long as part two lives up to what I got in part one, uh, quality-wise, and they, they finish off the story, that's all I can ask for. All right, Eric. What about you? What are what what are, do you have a big question? And what are you looking forward to if you were to watch part two? <laughs> I will watch part two. Um, honestly, I mean, I, I kind of need to go and digest a little bit more because I I'm not exact because there were so many times in the movie where I was just like, like, like I like, like Phil was just saying, like it, it's a very straightforward story, but it's the intricacies where I was just sort of like, wait, what's going on? Why is this person doing this? Who is fighting who for what reason now? Um, I don't know. I am excited now that he's actually with the. Uh, Prime I keep calling the sand. Yeah, I, was, I can remember that. The, they're with, they're with the Tuscan Raiders now. The Tuscan so, Raiders. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So <laughs> because they're because they're together now, I'm. I, this is what I was looking forward to a lot, like from the previews, because they really did play that up a lot. I feel like in the preview, even though that wasn't as big of a part. So now that we know that's probably going to be a big part of of, uh, of part two, that's what I'm looking forward to. I think. I think that's going to be very interesting to see. And um, yeah, no, I kind of, that's, that's kind of what I want to see. And I will see it. Like, um, I think I just need to probably sit on this a little bit more anyway, but I, 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 I started it. I got to finish it off. That's right. a really good point, Berg. I, from the previews, I really thought Zendaya was going to be in this movie. Yeah. It was like, they kept going, okay, there she is. She'll be here at any point. And it's like, oh, she finally got here and credits are rolling. So, someone said on Twitter, uh, if she had done more than just be in a, a perfume ad, it would have been, it would have lived up to the marketing <laughs> because all those shots were just like, uh, just her turning and looking in the desert. And pretty and much. I, I, and she got like paid the same amount as like every other star. It was crazy. Oh Wait, I'm wondering if they didn't actually film. I bet they filmed them uh, part two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder Lord if they the filmed style. part two because um, she if they follow the book, she's going to be everywhere. In the they could have filmed them both just in a row and then decided later what the stopping point. Yeah. For part one was going to be. Um, as a side note, uh, Batista is basically not in this. Like, I mean, he has the one scene where he walks up, looks angry. He has the other scene where he walks in, cries. And then he has the final scene where he walks in and just cuts a ton of people apart. Like, he, he's not in this that much. But once again, he will be returning in part two for some stuff. He's but... such a he's such a presence though. I love Yes, that that's event. the yeah. oh, that's the mm. great thing about him is he doesn't do much, but he's definitely there every time he's on screen. You guys seen twenty forty nine, Blade Runner twenty forty nine? I I have to. not I've seen the original Blade Runner, but I've not seen twenty forty nine yet. He has this little like one scene role and he's just such a presence. He's he's one of the things that stands out in and I love that movie, but he is really like when I think of that movie, I think of Dave Batista in it, and he's barely in it. He just leaves such a a mark just being on screen and being quiet with that. He's so charismatic and so unique looking. Uh, there's something I really like about Dave Batista. Uh, I, I, I like him in this. I like his commitment to the roles. As for what I'm looking forward to in part two and my biggest question, my biggest question is, where's Gurney Halleck? What happened to him? And my thing I'm looking forward to is um, 
I'm not spoiling this, Ellie. <laughs> Sandworm riding. Because you saw it at the end. You saw it. You saw it, so I can talk it about it. Cheese. Yeah, I can talk about it. They ride those things. Like, giddy up, yeehaw, ride those things. And it's an experience. So I am excited to see that. Save a horse, ride a sandworm. <laughs> well said, concubine. Ellie, uh, again, well, I am professional of riding things. I, mm. I need a bumper sticker that says my other car, my is, other a car is a sandworm. sandworm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I need that too. So final thing to end on a fun note. Uh, since this takes place in the future, I use quotation fingers because um, future. What is everyone's favorite piece of future tech we got to see? Gonna start with you, Ellie. Anything that stood out is like, oh, that's cool. I really like the helicopters that look like dragonflies. Ornithopters. They're so fun. Play magic more. They're like everywhere in Magic the Gathering. All right, uh, moving on to Phil. Phil, your favorite future tech. I'm... I'm straight up it's i'm going with what ellie said those helicopters could not be cooler they're uh among i mean they're right up there with like x-wings as far as like best sci-fi spaceship vehicle things I, they're just so so cool and you guys will read a headline local man dies in homemade spaceship <laughs> uh, i i want one of those um, things so bad <laughs> so I realized that, once again, not trying to pinpoint where you guys are from, but it should say Florida Man. Florida Man, yeah. <laughs> yes. I will make national news with this. <laughs> like... But also, just a blip on the radar. In Flo- just barely a blip on the radar in Florida right. that day. Got oh, it. Just another day in Florida. That's nothing here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> a Aust- calm day. <laughs> uh, average day in Florida. Uh, Austin, what about you? Uh, I, I do love that those... Uh... Those helicopters are like based off nature with the bug design, but I gotta say, uh, I, I love and it's one of the set pieces here, but it is a piece of technology, so I'm going with it. It's the terraforming base, uh, and it's also tied into like the world building. They were talking about how they were gonna terraform mm-hmm. uh, this planet before they found out the spice resource was there. Uh, but I thought it was so cool that they have like these massive factories which from the look of it uh produce like i would assume oxygen or some sort of uh chemical reaction in the atmosphere atmosphere. yeah right uh and kind of polluting greenhouse gases i i thought that was a really cool concept in a sci-fi it was i'm gonna explode from not saying something about book (laughs) thing god i'm getting a book we can have a book discussion. Someone take that man's later. audible account away from him. Uh, <laughs> yes. But then I could just use a free trial. Ed, it would probably help our bank account if he didn't have audible. Hey, it's just it's just an easy fourteen ninety nine a month, and you get to select any book. And if you're not completely satisfied, you can return it for up to a year, even wow. if you listen to the entire book. Anyways, zingnistrial dot com slash zingnist. I mean, audibletrial dot com slash zingnist. I'm serious, Ellie. We need to make bank off of it. We need to make spice money off this. All right, uh, Berg, favorite future tech. I so everyone's mentioned really cool things, but I'll mention since it hasn't been mentioned yet. I love the shields. I like how uh. they can uh, it made them all kind of vibrate and everything like that. And uh, I thought it was a really cool thing. And as much as I didn't really care for the fights, I thought they were like 
very stiff and obviously choreographed. Uh, I thought those actually added a nice flair to it, and I loved when you were when they were fighting. You could see like the blue flashing and the red flashing, and everything like that. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. So that was that was my favorite. I mean, they were done much better in the original. <laughs> no, they were not. My thoughts awesome. exactly. Awesome, take it. I I, I did see uh, a scene on TikTok, and it was the original like box fighting scene. The Tron and the Tron and shield. I. I unironically loved that. I was like, now I have to watch the original Dune just for that. Disgusting. <laughs> um, so, fun fact, this isn't a book spoiler, but it is pointed out that the shields are designed to instantly repel fast projectiles, so you have to learn how to fight fast but slow for the impact. I love the way they're manipulated. Like yes. there's And, and that they did something so simple in this movie where they just color-coded it. Yep. and. When it was red, that's when uh, Jason Momoa was stabbing somebody. And yep. it, it, yeah, I, I love that all the none of the tech was infallible in in mm -hmm. this world. Like shit failed all the time. People failed on their missions and stuff like that. It was really really great. All right, so for me, I did put tech in quotations. So tech is a relatively weird term. It's something that the movie doesn't delve into a lot, but also has in it. So I'm going to say the Mentat ability that probably was not explained well in the movie, but I will explain now real quick. As Ellie falls asleep and everyone listening careens into whatever's near them because I will now bore them to death. Not a book spoiler, Austin. You're good on this. Um, So Mentat's... Um, Hoofer or Howitt, the guy that had the little parasol thing. If you notice, there was a time or two where his eyes rolled back and you just saw the white of his eyes. If anyone noticed yeah. that. That was him oh, yeah, doing yeah, yeah. Mentech calculations. Computers and anything that's a thinking machine are not allowed in the future due to stuff I'm not going to get into. Um, are not allowed in the future. So the human humans have been able to train their minds to basically work as computers almost. That technology of him being instantly able to, like, do that math and everything where his eyes rolled back. And also the one bald guy that was around um, the Baron was also one. That's really cool to just sit there and just instantly be able, like, to do a math or, you know, solve, like, whatever problem you have placed in front of you in your head would just be really cool. I know it's not technically tech, but if we freed our minds from these thinking machines that I'm currently using to record this podcast, get Phil and austin and eric's audio from and also have random stuff pulled up in front of me we could do that ourselves yeah that's <laughs> all i need is to never be able to unplug perfect is is that connected to because i noticed uh they have some sort of like calm system that's in their ear that's like, just like a calm system. system yeah it's just a calm system the the thinking okay. ability is just that's the them unlocking that's human the power. Yes, that's that's human power, much like desert power, but not as sandy. So, cool. uh, no, I mean it's it's explained better in the books. And they, if you know what it is, when he does it in the movie, you're like, oh, he's doing it. And every and Ellie looks at me like, what are you talking about? He's doing mental math. It's cool. Yeah, I'm, I get I'm, the basics of what it is. Yeah. Without, uh... Yeah, you know, so, it's, it's there. That's what that's what I was saying about this movie gives you. They don't go into detail, but you understand like he's looking something up when his eyes roll back. Yep, yep. And he's then basically he, he tells them like how much how much spice they spent to get 
where they were going. And, yep. It's it's uh, it's really yeah. cool. It's a nice touch. It's one of those things in the for book readers they get what that is. For other right. watchers, I'm like, oh man, they're probably not going to explain that that much, or they won't get to that. But anyways, I just I, I that that's my future check. Yes, the ornithopters are really well done and look really cool. Thank you to everyone that worshipped those. Um, so I'm going to let everyone sign off with the final question of the day. Phil and Austin Rude should Phil Rude watch David Lynch's Dune in its entirety. He 100% should. Uh, and if you want a list of movies to torture him with, I can give you more. I know there's uh, the most recent Willy Wonka. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of things uh, to torture him with. But I... yes, I, I do I do want to watch that Dune movie with him. Austin, I, I love stumbling across them by pure coincidence and happenstance. I would love the list, though, at some point, just so I can have it for the joyousness of knowing it's there. But yes, we all should hate the new um, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Johnny Depp is not Willy Wonka. Ellie, no comment. Uh, Phil, should you watch David Lynch's... <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> should you watch David Lynch's Dune? Uh, before I answer, I'd like to uh, put out there that I am looking for a new co-host. Um, <laughs> uh, I am taking applications. And I'm looking for an apartment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just hit me. You know, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it just hit me. I was like, you know, you're talking about New Willy Wonka, Johnny Depp, and I started thinking about the Netflix one with Timothy Chalamet. Ooh, uh. full circle. Gross. I was like, wait a second. Are, are, was it, isn't he involved with, with that? So, yeah, he's involved with new ones. So, yeah. So, I'm just imagining it's his character from Dune as Willy Wonka. <laughs> he gives everyone spice instead of tea. Yes. <laughs> Paul enslaves the, uh, the <laughs> what are they called? Oompa Loompas. Uh, <laughs> the... Instead of fizzy lifting drink, he just he just drugs everybody with, uh, spice. with spice. Perfect. Um, yes. I have I have attempted to watch the David Lynch, uh, uh, Dune. I, I, I didn't make it. I don't. Maybe I made it like halfway through. Farther than uh, I have. And I, man, I don't hate David Lynch. Uh, I don't. I think there's a big problem with trying to put this much story into a single, like two or two and a half hour movie, whatever that movie is. I don't want to watch that movie again. If you want to uh, do a big thing where we watch it, where we, you know, hate watch it and sit here and tear it down, I could probably p make some time to participate in that. Uh, but I am going to drag my son with me because if he wants to be a smart ass, he's going to go down <laughs> with shit. <laughs> um, I'm not falling on the sword by myself. That's I, all I'm saying. I just think it'll be fun to compare a good adaption with a bad adaption. It would. I would. I would. Actually which one's be more which, though? Watching the uh, sci-fi uh, TV miniseries. Oh, I've been wanting uh, to find that because I've. Ne I didn't even know that existed until very recently. Me either. Um, I wonder. But uh, yeah, I I got some real problems with that Lynch movie, but it is kind of weird, and it is. I mean, it is. Uh, it would be kind of a, I think, interesting oddity to take a look at, and um, and see like what kind of train wreck uh, it is next to a coherent 
adaptation of of the material. Or would you say a worm wreck? I would not. But, okay, uh, good. <laughs> Help yourself. <laughs> All right, Eric. Should we force Phil to watch, or should should Phil watch? What? Wait, well, would you watch? I I'd give it a try. Yeah, I'd give it a try at some point. All right, maybe possibly. If Phil does it, I'll do it. All right, good enough. Um, Ellie, you have already watched this. Yes. Not recently. No, but yes, I've seen it a few times. Would you watch it again and a should Phil times. watch it? <laughs> yes, I probably would watch it again for the fun of it. What was the first few viewings then if this is now for the fun of it? <laughs> I told I you I like crappy old sci-fi movies. <laughs> this is probably the crappiest and oldest. <laughs> oh, I Ellie bet is... I could find worse. Ellie is nothing if not on, on brand all the time. Like, just... <laughs> Always pulling something out of her back pocket. They're like, yeah, that tracks. I get it. <laughs> All right. As for me, yes, um, I'm sure we will do a compare and contrast at some point. I'm sure I will force myself to even watch this thing because I know there's a lot of whisper talking in the old one because that's the other thing that was interesting the book has a lot of internal di- dialogue, whereas this, I'm like, how are they going to do that? And they apparently just kind of breezed past most of it and had people just exposition now and then. But the David Lynch movie had someone going, I need to be the Queen's Outsider. I need to be able to, to stop this death thing from getting me. <laughs> yeah, it's what I have to listen to all the time. You just try to tune me out, and that's what you hear in the end. It's just my <laughs> external, internal thoughts at all times. That's true. On that note, where can people find more from the Roods? Uh, the Picture Show with Austin and Phil Rood is our podcast. Uh, right now we are uh, in season three. We're doing trilogies this season. Yep. Um, and we are we have one trilogy to go. Uh, and that'll take us right up to the holidays. Nice. And and that's on philrude.com. Philrude.com. Right? You can uh, find all the episodes and the links to the YouTube videos uh, that I uh, where we put it up on. YouTube, where I draw the episode art and uh, links to our uh, our homepage on Anchor. It's all there. It's all on philrude.com. All right. Berg, where can people find more from you? And do you have a video game or movie recommendation? Uh, yes. Okay. You can find me at Eric Berg and at Backlog Berg. And I would like to recommend, I just watched uh, a couple hours ago, I watched Shang-Chi since it just dropped on uh, Shang-Chi. Gotta get their correct pronunciation. Uh, they just dropped on Disney Plus a couple days ago, and I had a blast. It's probably one of my favorite MCU movies. Interesting. Maybe we should watch that and do a discussion on it. Phil, where are you with the MCU right now? Hating it? All right. Anyways, join us next week when <laughs> Phil. Give me the answer. <laughs> when I'm Phil Rude. I'm just not watching anything. Guys, when... save me the rant. I get it enough. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, join us next time when Phil Rude joins us on Zygnus to watch uh, Shang-Chi and uh, um, Ten Rings. Yeah, sure, let's go with that. Uh, and Black that. Widow. I, I honestly would watch that movie because uh, Michelle Yeoh's in that, correct? She is. She is I in love that. her. Uh, she, yeah, she's, she's, she's awesome. awesome. Yeah. But you have to watch Black Widow first. Oof. Mm. No deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, we'll be back next week with another nerdy topic. And find this wherever you find great. Find Zingness wherever you find great podcasts. Anyways, till next time. Bye.
You ruined the show.